I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Welcome to the Wise Men Say Preview Show. It's a bit weird, isn't it? First Rory and now Matthew, both two familiar voices that you've become so accustomed to. And now they've handed it over to me. I mean, what could possibly go wrong? I mean, like Matthew is doing, Matthew's away at the moment and he's doing what Matthew does. He's in a, a bar called Diana's in Malta, singing karaoke to Candle in the Wind. And he's also seen an Elton John tribute act. But he sends his love. And, and I, Tom Walsh, will take you through this preview of uh, this top of the table clash preview against Accrington at home. And I'm joined by uh, Tower's own Mickey Loff. How are you doing, Mickey? I'm doing well. Um, my only question would be, does this still count as an idiot pod without Matthew or Rory? Well, I mean, I am quite idiotic and I think I've been put into this, this mold. So I'll be as I'll try to be as idiotic as possible. Um, I don't know how much you want to talk about Candle in the Wind, um, but we can if you want. Well, it seemed to me that's how you live your life, mate. So uh, you've you set that up yourself, Christ. <laughs> well, I'm also joined by uh, Jimmy Ray. How are you doing, Jim? Evening, lads, uh, and everybody else listening. Nice to be here. Um, I'm, I'm. I'd like to think I'm an idiot as well. Um, I don't know very much about Elton John, though. Um, I know a bit, but probably not as much as you guys. Do you know, um, I have like I'll... a. Do you not have like an Elton John pun there lined up that we could have dropped uh, in? Um, bit of a no, rocket man. Something to do with rocket man. I can't think <laughs> I'm probably on the spot. Well, I'll tell you who's it's been like rocketing. Anyway. <laughs> I'll tell you who's been rocketing up the table. Sunland bloody AFC. And uh, we're playing Accrington on Accrington Stanley on Saturday. And they're second in the league. Who'd have, who'd have thought it? That would somehow be a top of the table clash. How incredibly... Depressing, or is it good? Well, it's not good, but we're also vying to beat them at home for the first time since we came down to League One. Yes. Uh, <laughs> another unwanted record that we need to get rid of this weekend. Uh, but it's been a while since we've uh, had a chat, and a lot of things have been going on at Sunland. The, the transfer window has slammed shut. And just before it slammed shut, uh, Sunland bought, well, loaned two uh, German fellas, by the name of uh, Ron Thorben Hoffman, which is, I'm sure you'll agree, is an excellent name. And uh, winger Leon, I'm going to murder this, De Jacu. Is that right? Is that, have I got that right? Um, so, uh, Jim, what are we thinking of these two new new loan signings? Well, um, I think, obviously, me, like like probably most people, when I first sort of saw the links, um, I thought I was pretty impressed that we were 
just being able to even be even sort of, I guess, in discussions with a club like Bayern for two of their youth players, especially ones who have been in around the first team. I think there's slightly different prospects for them both of them being honest. I think I think, the, I think they both obviously have potential. I think the keeper um, possibly is isn't was a lot closer to the Bayern first team. There's pictures of him with the Champions League trophy on the pitch. Obviously, he didn't directly contribute towards doing that, but it's nice that he was there. I mean, you know, none of us have been there, so none of our other players have been there. No. Nope. Um, so you know, at least he's. He's kind of bringing that across with him. Um, I think he he looks good um, from what from what the write ups have been. You know, could possibly be um, an upgrade in terms of what we have already, especially in terms of playing the ball out from the back with his feet. I think that is something that he's he's known for doing uh, quite well. Um, obviously, in League One, I think that would be a, a welcome addition to our to our attacking sort of repertoire if we can if we can use the keeper in a bit of a more of a sweeper role. Obviously, the keepers we have at the minute don't necessarily fit that mould. And provided his shot stopping um, is up to par, I mean, he's a big lad. He's six foot four, I believe. So um, that's obviously taller than uh, than the other keepers we have as well. So I think he could be a bit more of a physical presence because we do or have done conceded a lot of goals and crosses in recent years. So possibly mm-hmm. he may assist with that. In terms of Dejaku, um, to be honest, he he has he's obviously had a very impressive youth career. I don't think it's obviously panned out the way he wanted to. Um, I think he gave a very good interview. Um, when he when he when he joined the club, obviously anyone can do that. It, it's what he does on the pitch. But it's nice to see he does seem to be pretty enthused about being here. Um, obviously, people who follow him on Instagram will have seen he's wandering around the stadium at nine o'clock but at night I, the other day and filming I mean, that, himself and what have you. So he seems to be invested. That's a bit, at least. <laughs> I mean, I do like that in kind of enthusiasm. He does. He did seem like he, he couldn't stop smiling during his. Uh... Yeah, like the opposite of Will Grigg, really. Um, yeah. Well. <laughs> Finally, we can stop talking about Will Grigg. We'll touch on him a little bit um, because he's gone now. Um, but Mickey, you're the goalkeeping expert. So <laughs> give us your expert opinion on Thorben Hoffman, a player you didn't even know existed about two weeks ago. Wash your mouth out. I'm not I've <laughs> all through his youth career, you know, I've followed his career with great interest. No, I've never seen him like kick a ball or see a shot, but I agree entirely with what Jimmy said, particularly with his reputation of kind of like being able to play the ball from the back really well. Like Lee Johnson like mentioned that in the interview when we signed him. And I think that's critical because now I think we've got like a really good kind of like ball playing spine to the team now. So we've got like him as kind of the final piece in the jigsaw. So you've got Hoffman who can play the ball out from the back. Callum Doyle's obviously really, really adept at it. And then you've got like Dan Neal, Elliot Embleton kind of playing like centre attack midfield. Dan Neal playing the more orthodox centre mid role. All of them really, really good passes of the ball. And they're supplying Ross Stewart, who was like kind of on fire at the minute. But because we're playing at Ross Stewart's strengths, we're not just going back to last season where the temptation was he's six foot four. So we need to pump the ball up to him and get people around him. We're actually really playing with strengths. And you saw that with a link up play during the Wigan game, particularly. For a third goal, so I think it's very encouraging if you've got a goalkeeper who can buy into that, then he can kind of literally get the ball rolling from the back and start an attack. And I think we've got like a really kind of like young, exciting like spine to the team now. And I just think beside the back goalkeeper is just really, really round it off. And like Jimmy says, like his presence, like six foot four, like Lee Burge, that's my biggest criticism of him. Like I think his shot stop and he makes some very good saves and he makes mistakes. That's fine. He's a League One goalkeeper. But for me, with Burge, he just looks like a ball, like a bag of anxiety sometimes on his line. And Patterson, although he's still young, he's kind of like, I, I still, I'm not 100% convinced by him. You saw in the Wimbledon game, he kind of went walkabout and nearly cost us. Obviously, I wasn't at the Wickham game, so I've only seen the highlights. But from what you were saying in the group chat, Tom, I don't think he was particularly commanding. 
and the pre-season friendly against Hull, he kind of looked all over the place. And I'm not necessarily directing that as a criticism because he's young, he's really inexperienced in terms of the amount of senior football he's had. But at the end of the day, that's not like our problem really. Like we need to get them out on loan to get them developed to get some like good quality first team minutes without kind of like risking our kind of status pushing for promotion. So I'm really, really pleased with strengthening the goalkeeping department. It was a nice surprise because although I've been calling for us to improve our position for a while, I didn't necessarily think it was going to happen. So I'm really pleased we've got that over the line. It's one of those with Patterson. I mean, it caused a bit of um, a bit of divide in like our group chat because I, I I went to the Wickham game and I don't know. I I mentioned on the like the post match pod that it's like. I don't like my goalkeepers to make me nervous. And we've been quite fortunate at Sunderland over the past, say, past 15 years or so. We've always had goalkeepers that you can kind of rely on. And, like, I wasn't convinced by Patterson. It was the first time, admittedly, I'd seen him in the flesh. But I didn't think he commanded his box well. I didn't think I didn't think he was, like, marshalling his fence well. And I think if Wickham had a bit more about them, they could have put a bit more pressure on him. This Thorburn Hoffman, we always give this caveat that Patterson is like, oh, he's a young lad. This lad we brought in is only a year older. So I don't think age is such a significant factor. What I think it is with Hoffman that are like, yes, it's only for Bayern Munich's second team, but it's a fact he's played kind of like a good number of games that are kind of like a good standard football. Like obviously I don't I don't like Claim to be an expert on the third tier of German footy, but at least it's kind of like a good solid level of men's football where you're playing against like actual teams with like stuff yeah. riding on it. Whereas yeah. Patterson, his only previous loan spell, and I've pointed this out for like years, and I know it gets a bit tiring, but his only loan spells was at Sunderland RC year. Um, yeah. and that's, okay. the, that's, the, that's the only men's football he's played rather than the odd check a trade trophy game and then um, the league games he's played this season. I think, to be fair to him, I think in the cup games, like Port Vale, he made an excellent save later on and same against Blackpool. So I think there's a keeper in there and he's certainly got the tools. He's like a big lad, but like you say, he's going to be raw. He's going to be erratic because he's an inexperienced goalkeeper. I don't think necessarily it's his age because you get like lads like Pickford who were 18-year-old and already had like really good experience under the belt. But Patterson doesn't have that. So I think he needs to get that experience and then maybe in the future he can challenge for the number one spot but I, that's why I just think having a goalkeeper was so insignificant. Sorry, so significant because Lee Burge, we all know what he is. He's a, he's a. I hesitate to use the word solid, but he's a middle of a row League One goalkeeper. But the worry was goalkeeper Patterson. of the year, goalkeeper of the year. That's what I'm saying. <laughs> but but where he was, like kind of like Patterson didn't really kind of like inspire you as being like a massive upgrade on him. So I think as it's I say, worth adding as well. Um, Hoffman has trained with arguably the best keeper in the world. For like what the last three four years, there's yeah. plenty of footage of him um, in buying match day squads. So even though he's not played for the first team, he's he's obviously training with Neuer and uh, Neuer's understudy. Being well, being one of Neuer's understudies, you know, every day on the training pitch and, and you know in match situations as well. So he's been on the bench. So presumably was deemed good enough to to come to be called upon if needed. So I think um, obviously you. Like we've already said, we we don't know, but I think I think there's a lot of positives there to to take, and I think Mickey's right that um, if you, given that he's actually only a year older than Patterson as well, I think um, nothing against Patterson, but possibly um, loan may be better for yeah. him um, in terms of his development. Because to be brutally honest, we don't want him to make his 
these entry level mistakes for us. It's better exactly. that he makes them somewhere else and comes back. It's uh, like all the we can't afford that again. Yeah, it's like all the players that we're getting on loan. These Premier League teams want them to make their mistakes in Sunderland. So when they come back to the Premier League or they do, um, you know, they'll be ready. Um, the question I was going to ask, uh, do we think uh, Hoffman is going to come in as like direct number one? Or is he, is he going yeah. to be still vying with... Start. I think he'll start him. I think he will. Um, I don't know. I think Burge ahead of, obviously ahead wasn't... Of Burge? Yeah, well, Burge, Burge hadn't... I know obviously it was a a fitness thing as to why Patterson had played the last couple of games anyway. But I think given the Birds hadn't had a run of games to sort of establish himself this season yet, I think um, it would be kind of a good confidence booster for Hoffman to say, yep, you're going straight in. I think it would be a good test of his character. I think also you, it wouldn't be too difficult a conversation to have with Birds or Patterson because basically neither of them have really played every game yet. It's not like, say, Birds had been in in goal number one for every game so far. It may have been a bit harsh given that we're top of the league to say to him, oh, look, you're going to come out for this lad who hasn't played yet. Yeah. But given that neither of them have, I think it's a good opportunity for for him to, you know, like I say, test his character, but also for us to see what he's about against a team who are, who are obviously doing quite well in Accrington Stanley. So if he does put in a good performance, obviously it's going to be good for his confidence and also a good marker to show how good he actually is. Yeah, I think as well with Hoffman, like the, we've got the loan deal with the option to buy, but that subject was getting promoted. So with that loan deal with the option to buy, we're essentially saying we back you to play in goal for us in the championship. And I think if you're saying that and you're kind of placing the significance there on his ability, I think that it would be a little bit kind of like poor form from us if he didn't go in as our number one. Yeah, yeah, agree. And I think Bayern, um, I think when the journalist that broke the news, he, well, they said buy and expect him to go to Sunderland and be number one. So that's that. Um, also, Lee, uh, we mentioned him a, a little earlier, um, Leon de Jacu. Um, a winger slash centre forward. Um, I was quite I was quite intrigued that the club, um, just, well, I can't say I know who he is, but the club made kind of a, a pretty big deal over his, his sign and a lot of social media buzz around it. Um, and again, is this a player that we think is just going to go straight into the team? What do you reckon, Mick? Yeah, I think he should do. I mean, he's, um, obviously, I know Union Berlin, he had the loan spell there and they play like in the Bundesliga. So you'd expect him to walk into a League One team in an ideal world. And it is exciting. Like, I know people are chuckling like the word Bayern Munich around, but it is exciting that we've got a player who's actually like played for Bayern Munich first team. Like, yeah. like not, not everybody like, does that. So he's clearly got bags of ability. Um, it, but then it kind of like begs the question, like, well, why is he at Sunderland then? If he's like kind of had all this potential and he's has he gone off the rails a bit over the last few years? I don't even mean with attitude, but it's like Jimmy said, has he not fulfilled his potential? But we're giving him a big chance, and I really and I agree, I really love his enthusiasm because I was kind of thinking when he came, he was going to give this really stage managed interview like um, certain did when he came, where it was yeah, obviously just yeah. like stock responses for three minutes, which is nothing wrong with that, you know what I mean? But um, I think with this lad, like, he's come in and he's got like bags of natural enthusiasm from what I've seen of him. He's really, really direct. He likes to run at people. And I think that's really exciting. And kind of people say, oh, he's a little bit like kind of like Lyndon Gooch in his style of player. Well, if you can get a Lyndon Gooch, but a better version of that, then that's really exciting because like not many play, um, teams in League One have a Lyndon Gooch on the bench to put on for the last 20 minutes. Like someone yeah. who's like, like, this is it. So I think now, I think, Actually, as much as we criticised our business in general kind of earlier on in the window, and quite rightly so, and people were worried, I think now I look at the squad and I think we have kind of upgraded in almost every department. 
and lads who were kind of like really kind of like front runners for the first team, they're now kind of becoming more squad players and in the background. And these young players are coming to the fore and the lads we brought in are coming to the fore. And actually, I think it is like quite exciting, actually. Like, so to be fair, like we have pulled it off, like everything that Speakman said in the middle of a window, window and he got interviewed by the Sunderland, that always kind of delivered on, which I really wasn't expecting, to be honest. So you've got to give credit where credit's due. And I just hope that this run of form continues and I think Eagle play an integral role the lab were brought in. I can't pronounce his surname, so I'm going to try. <laughs> <laughs> well, again, I must uh, like hold my hands up. I mean, I, I will add with the uh, the caveat of you know, I know everyone says this is the best transfer window since the last best transfer window ever, <laughs> but it's um, it's the caveat. It was like I I still maintain. Let's see where we are in November, and then we can kind of decide whether this whether this has yeah. worked out. Um, I. W- uh- I was going to com- sorry Tom. No, I was just going to let's let's talk about the transfer window cuz um obviously it was you know slow to start but the players we brought in so well first team players there's a lot of youth players and whatnot. So Alex Pritchard, Corey Evans, Dennis Shirkin, Niall Huggins, Callum Doyle, Frederick Alves, Nathan Broadhead, uh Hoffman and uh Leon Zajaku, who's we just mentioned. The ones that have gone out, well, very recently, just at the end of the window, Jack Diamond's gone out to Harrogate on loan. Again, I was a bit surprised by that. Will Grigg, I think, I mean, just so we don't have to talk about him anymore, he's gone to Rotherham, Josh Hawks has gone to Tranmere, and then, obviously, we all know about the players we released and whatnot before that. Um, so, Mickey, you seem pretty content with the our business uh, at the end of the window. Uh, Jim, what do you really think about this? Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I think um, I pretty much echo what Mickey said. I think I certainly wasn't expecting this. Um, I think halfway through the window, um, it was definitely a slow start. And that Speakman interview at the time seemed to be at odds with what had actually happened. But he did, to be fair to him, say uh, that a lot would happen between that interview and the end of the window. And that's exactly what did happen. Um, I think a key point, though, as well, is like you basically said, Tom, you don't actually judge a window like immediately after it finishes, you judge a window at the end of the season by which it proceeds. Because obviously you can't really say how good any of these players are going to be for Sunderland because they haven't really had a chance to show what they can do. And I'm sure the players themselves would rather not necessarily have that pressure of being part of Sunderland's best window ever TM before the season's <laughs> really kicked off. Not to be, I'm not trying to put it down, I'm just saying it's obvious that we can't judge a window before we know what's happened in the season because there's clubs up and down the country every year buy loads and loads of promising players and it doesn't always work out and that's just the way football works. Sometimes you can have what you think is a rubbish window and don't sign anyone they have a really good season. So yeah, it works both ways. I, I, do think, I think the signs are there um, but I think we, we will have to wait and see. But what pleases me is, just to quickly sum up, is that basically they delivered what they said they were going to deliver. It was a big change. There's a clear sea change in the type of player that we brought in the strengthening that we were prom- we were told was going to happen has happened insofar as players have been brought in in positions that were identified that they were needed. There's clear reason behind why those players have been brought in, both with off-the-pitch things in terms of potential sell-on value, um, potential relationships with clubs further down the line, like Man City, Tottenham, things that also potentially Bayern Munich. You know, who knows? We could be Bayern Munich's number one destination for loan players in the future <laughs> if these two go well. Um, but yeah, I think yeah, I think I think um, yeah, no, it's 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 promising, but we have to wait and see at the same yeah. time. Yeah, I, I think 
like individually, like it just will not pan out that every player we've brought in will be a success because football just doesn't work like that. But I agree with what Jimmy says, just to build on that. I think it's not so much for the individuals that we sign because, like I say, I haven't got a great deal of prior knowledge on them because I don't spend my time watching Tottenham and Leeds reserves. But um, do you not? No, I thought everyone on Twitter did. But, <laughs> but, but for me, it's like Jimmy said, though, it's like it's a rationale and it's like the idea behind it. Whereas, look, for example, look at our last transfer window of the park. And you, you look at the players that we brought in. Like, I mean, we've gone from like signing like him beg- in Danny Graham's words, begging them to re-sign for Sunderland. And the only reason he re-signed for us, apparently, was because we were playing behind closed doors. There'd be no fans there to give him a stick. And he wanted the last player there. That was what he said on the... <laughs> so under- on pre- So that's on what he, for Danny Graham. On- <laughs> that's what he said on the the Kosh podcast. That's, that's despite <laughs> the same... That's despite the same fan base, like, massively overcompensating and getting behind him when he just... All he did was run around like a cart horse for a bit and played well against Southampton once. But anyway, um, so we've gone from that. And you look at the signs we brought in. And there was no like logic to it. It all just seemed very scattergun. Whereas at least with this window, you can look and say, right, we've clearly identified the targets because with the first few signings we brought in, I kind of maybe scoffed at that model a little bit because I looked and I thought, right, Corey Evans, Alex Pritchard and Callum Doyle, like for me, there was no correlation. Yeah. But actually when kind of like we've supplemented them with the lads that we brought in, it looks as though we do have a clear direction. And to be fair, I know Corey Evans has got injured and we're going to have to manage that. But I do think that now we're quite well stocked in midfield. Now we've got like kind of like the full backs of Winchester's excelled there. And I never actually realised Winchester had played there in the past. So maybe mm. it's not such a surprise. Mm. But I just think like overall we do. So like, um, like as I say, Corby Evans, he's been absolutely outstanding in the games that I've seen him. And I didn't think that. I thought he was going to be a slightly younger version of Grant Ledbetter. But I like the way he gets on the ball, like attacking intent. And I think what's been like a really good feature of how we've been so far this season and the lads we've brought in really kind of helped to supplement this is like kind of like in every game we've played like with the same style on the front foot and try to get at teams. So Blackpool, we made like a whole host of changes. And in games like that, you normally see like a very disjointed display because they don't play together on a regular basis. But actually we're playing exactly the same way with the same attack and intent. That Dan Neil like put Fred in that ball through for Aidan O'Brien. That showed a level of understanding but you don't normally get in them league cup ties where you make like eight changes. And like I think the lads like who played that night like slotted into the team like quite seamlessly. So I think it's like really good signs. It's just it just begs the question. I think there's two factors. Like you, you both pointed out, are the individual players gonna be up for it? And like young lads are gonna have dips in form. And if we do have a dip in form, how are they gonna react? And also two until he disproves his streaky league reputation, that's always gonna hang over him, unfortunately. Because yeah. we saw it last season, he got, we didn't maybe like we weren't playing like this to be fair to him. So I think whatever he's done on the training ground over the summer and his recruitment has been spot on. But mm-hmm. like you say, it's been an excellent start. But we all can kind of agree. I think he's a manager who's capable of these brilliant starts. And you saw the run of form went on last season, followed by the worst run of form in our history, arguably like in the worst like we've ever been in our history in the league. So yeah. as I, as I say, like I'm not just digging out Lee Johnson because I'm not. I think he's done excellent this season, but he needs to kind of like go on and prove now with like disprove his streak to, to move up level as well. Yeah, isn't exactly. It? Exactly. It's a for him to grow because he's um, like that's exactly that, that's probably been my main worry actually. Like since obviously the players in the, that we brought in have kind of worked out. I, I have been, I must admit I have been thinking about quite a bit about how is this going to work in terms of the Lee Johnson streakiness because I'm I, all I'm thinking is when is are the wheels going to come off? When are they? And that's something trying to be negative, which is his track record does seem to have been that. And I'm hoping, like like you said, Mickey, that he's actually 
upgraded himself in terms of we've got, he's actually got us playing a style of play. And I'm not sure really any of his other teams have really ever had a, a really strong on-pitch identity like, like we seem to be developing now. I know he's had good players before at Bristol where they've sort of played well for a bit, but I don't know if that was more just because he'd signed individually good players, but we do look really good and it does seem to be sustainable. Obviously, that we don't know for definite yet because it's only been a month and a bit, but... Um, yeah, the chat, this is the time now for him to show he can grow with us because yeah. the tools are there for him to do the job. He just needs to deliver. It's uh, well, it's again as we say, only time will only time will tell on these things. Uh, just a quick one before we go to the break. Uh, as we mentioned, Jack Diamond and Will Grigg, Josh Hawks as well have all gone out on loan. Uh, will Grigg, finally, I think that should be. I think that's. You know, a marriage of convenience, even though he yeah. scored. He's, obviously, he scored the other night, so uh, good for him. Um, I was a bit surprised with Jack Diamond went. Um, basically, this was before Leon DeJacco came in. Um, I don't know about Jack Diamond. Um, he's, he's a player that showed a lot of promise last season. Um, we're still, I'm still a bit undecided about him. I he doesn't seem to have enough end product for me. I think yeah. he, he's a really good ball carrier. Um, I think he does really well at taking the pressure off, especially in second halves of games, maybe when we need to relieve pressure. There's been n- numerous times last season where he'd sort of be able to pick the ball up in our half and carry it forward. I know he did well at um, in creating got a goal or two, doing that against Lincoln away as well. Um, yeah. and I think so he does have his strengths, but if you look at his actual numbers of goals and assists, it's quite sort of small in both categories. And I think... The issue is, again, similar to with what we said with Patterson before, it's like, it's not that we don't think he can be good, but do we really need him to be feeling his way into sort of men's football um, yeah. with us this season? I think Harrogate, he apparently played quite well for Harrogate the weekend when he started. Anyway, I think I think maybe he knows them there. He can hope. Also, and if it helps them, and yeah. I also that's... think that maybe like League Two, like mid-table, yeah, League level. One. He's, yeah, he's his level. He's... He's one of those players where I don't think um, he. I don't think he'd be a championship player. I don't think he'd be good enough to cut it in that division. But let's see what he does at Harrogate, and you never know. Um, well, we'll leave it there on the transfer window, and after the break, we'll uh, look ahead to our top of the table clash against Accrington Stanley of all teams. <laughs> The Wise Men Say podcast is brought to you in association with From the Terraces. For a 10% discount on all products, enter the discount code WMS10 at the checkout stage. While you do that, check out the From the Terraces podcast presented by Matt Keeling and Rory Fallow, available from your usual podcast platform. For more information, just search for From the Terraces. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. 
Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Welcome back to the Wise Men Say preview show. And lads, we're top of the table by... By virtue of every other team that was playing at the weekend, managing to knack themselves. Uh, so we're taking on Accrington Stanley, who are second in the league. Look at them, little old Accrington Stanley. Of course, managed, uh, owned by our friend Andy. We're not Chelsea Holt. Um, <laughs> obviously, they're going quite well. They've won uh, four, of the, four of their opening six games on 12 points, level on points with us, even though we have a game in hand. Um, but they have only won one on the road. Um, so it's it's a time to break another hoodoo. Like, we've never beaten Accrington Stanley at home in our two attempts. Very high-scoring games, though. So, um, first of all, how do we think the team's going to look then, Mick? Do we think we're going to have... Do you think Hoffman's going to start, for example? Yeah, I'd go Hoffman in goal, particularly if Burgess isn't 100% fit, because that could almost be, like, you know, how Jimmy was talking about, but potentially... Or the conversation before will maybe, oh, you're not 100% fit, like, it's fine, we'll just bring this like competent German lad in instead. Um, <laughs> um, I, I can't see any particular reason to change with back four. Um, I think Flanagan's been really good this season. Doyle's obviously been excellent. Um, Winchester, to be fair, you, you can't drop him. The way he's no. been playing at fullback, you, you can't. He's been like a borderline revelation there. Then at fullback, like Sirk, and he needs as like, much game time as he can to get himself yeah, up the screen. He needs minutes more than anything. He, yeah. Dropping him would be the worst thing to do, I think, because it seems to be his confidence that just needs to grow. His but ability all, seems fine. But there also is the option of playing um, Nile Huggins as well, who's, again, it will be looking for game time. Especially, like we said, it's like Winchester at the moment, as you said, Mick, he's been a bit of a revelation at like fullback. It's like, so, <laughs> I don't know, Lee Johnson's kind of, Made a rod for his own back, really. He's bought all these fullbacks and he's found another midfielder who is excelling in this position. He's really good. And I really like his attitude. Like, it, it seems to me he's got a lot better since fans have been in, in terms of like, he seems to really enjoy interacting with the crowd. It seems to really, really sort of get him going. He's, he's the intensity well, of his performances and stuff like that has been class. And it's not the, obviously, he's not the only one, but he's, well, you I think just think he's class, basically. You, you <laughs> think where he's played, Oldham, Forest Green, and then it's yeah. like, then you got, then you're playing in front of 30, 30 odd thousand at home like every week. Then, yeah, you're right. It's, it's going to give you a little buzz. Because some players like, would shrink, but he's yeah. grown. I think he's reacted to it in the right way and he's showing why he is a Sunderland player, um, mm-hmm. at least at this level anyway. But you know what I mean? He's, he, he obviously enjoys it. He's always the first over to fans at the end. He was straight up at the South Stand after the Wickham game, clapping. He's done that up on away games as well. And, just things like the, you know, his booming tackles, his shots, and <laughs> he just plays with so much intensity. And I think that, like like Mickey said, obviously, I, we did. It wasn't really a thing that we knew that he'd played fullback before, but you can kind of see because he's actually, in terms of playing the position, he does it really well. 
you know, he knows when to go forward. He defends well. He he's he's actually a bit quicker than I thought he was as well, to be honest, yeah. in terms of being able to track back and stuff. And yeah, I just think he's in all in all a very very competent right back for the level that we're playing at. So I'm more than happy for him to continue there if he's if he's happy to do it. Basically, the, and the thing Matthew- is as well, I'm looking at Winchester and I'm not thinking like he's okay for a midfielder at right back. I'm thinking like he's really good as a right back in his own. Right, exactly. so let's say so let's say we signed Carl Winchester as a right back this summer, and he gave his performances. Would be delighted with it. Yeah, yeah. 100%. Well, we're lucky to have him, as Matthew would say. Hundred percent. See, Matthew knew. Matthew knew. I mean, it took eighteen months, but or however, God, it's, six months. It's not even, six months. It's been only been six. It's been a yeah, long it was year. Only January, I think. It's, been, it's been a very long year. Which is um, nine months, anyway. <laughs> let's just keep saying months, like numbers or whatever. Um, midfield again for me, like Dan Neal for me is the first it's name. Be that. Sheet. Yeah, hundred percent. Um, who partners him? Because I don't. Uh, Luke O nine is he injured or was something happened to him or like? Well, oh, he, na- he knocked his shoulder against Wimbledon, didn't he? Yeah. And then he did play against Wickham and then he got okay. punched, which uh, that didn't seem to affect. <laughs> By the way, I can't believe we didn't even discuss that really after the game. That was, I'm pleased that lad got a three game ban because it was pretty blatant at the time. To be um, honest, to be honest, Jim, after the game, I was just riding high on euphoria yeah. and uh, Budvar. Well, no, so. that's it. Um, I think 09, um, I don't know if he is injured. I think he probably will play. Um, I don't mind that. But I would also and wouldn't mind at all if he didn't play and Corey Evans came back in. I think uh, Dan Neal's the one who needs to definitely play, given how good he's been. Yep. Um, and 09 and Evans obviously aren't similar players, particularly in the way they play, but they both would bring different qualities. 09's physicality and getting around the pitch obviously is superior to Evans, but Evans' experience and ability is superior to that of 09. So I think it's horses for courses in terms of who we play. Um, I don't. I must confess, I don't know a great deal about the strengths and weaknesses of Atkinson's midfield, but I'd suggest they must be they must be decent given where they are. Uh, so maybe it wouldn't be an idea to play Evans if we need a bit more technical ability in there. But at the same time, um, 09 does provide great cover for Neil in terms of he can be he's got the fitness to be able to be the one who's going box to box, allowing Neil. Although Neil does play start quite deep, Neil then doesn't have to always be tracking back as well. He can sort of be concentrating on doing what he does best and you know playing the ball forwards. So what are we saying, Mick? You uh, you're on board with 09 partnering Neil? I don't really mind who plays because I think 09, as much as I don't particularly like rate him as highly as some fans, I think he's kind of like I think he's a six slash seven out of ten, like everywhere he plays most weeks. I don't think it's very rare look at 09 to think, oh he was excellent today, but he's I do think his best work is done defensively. So I wouldn't necessarily mind if that's the qualities that he brings and He's dynamic and he gets all over the pitch. I don't mind that at all. But I agree with what um, Jim was saying. I think um, Corey Evans, what really impressed me when I saw him at the Wigan game, like I said, I thought it was very much, he was going to be like a Grant Ledbetter. I thought he was going to get the ball kind of like decent range of passing, but it's often like sideways, backwards and slowing the momentum of the game down where actually he gets a ball and there's like a snap to his pass and it's quite crisp. He looks to get it forward every time, even if it's only five yards. So I think I'm not really bothered who he plays because I think we both bring different qualities. And I think if like one, both of them have had injuries, so I think it would be a good idea maybe to give one sixty and one half an hour on Saturday, yeah. kind of like yeah. depending on how the game. See how going. it's going. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I think Evans um, just to sort of fair finish on what he's saying there about his crisp pass. I, th- I think he sets the tone, doesn't he, for the way we like yeah. he's at the metronome in the middle of the park, and I think he can the way because in the Wigan game he was receiving it, passing it, receiving it, passing it, and also you can see he's very vocal on the pitch. He was he was quite clearly telling people where to be and what to do, and I think. 
09 doesn't necessarily have that experience to be able to do that. So I think maybe Dan Neal may, may prefer in a way to play with Evans because Evans will definitely be able to help him in terms of, not that Neil obviously needs help with some aspects of his game, maybe with positioning and things like that, and just and it might help. So yeah, maybe 60, 60, for, 60 for Evans and then 09 for the last half hour or vice versa. It could be that only one of them's fit, we don't know. But yeah. yeah, it's obviously we're recording this on Wednesday, so we haven't heard um, Lee Johnson's press conference, so I'm not entirely sure on uh, the niggles or the knocks that some of the team have, so we don't know. Uh, in attack, are we... Are we happy with McGeady, Embleton and Gooch again? I'd say possibly Dejaku in for Gooch. Um, yeah. I'd say McGeady, McGeady and Embleton, yeah. I think Embleton was absolutely class against Wick. I mean, that goal, that goal that alone fan, deserves... Fantastic, yeah. It earns him a start in the next game. And I think his general players assist for Ross Stewart first. In general, he was just really good. I think McGeady, uh, more so than Gooch, is, is kind of like the player you, do, you wouldn't want to drop insofar as... Because he, he can just... At any given moment, he can... You know, more so possibly than Gooch can. And yeah. I think that Gooch hasn't been, I mean, obviously his numbers are really good and he has done well, obviously, this season. But I think also his innate inconsistency leads me to think that if you're going to drop someone to give a new signing a chance, it might be him. Because we know we can rely on Gooch to come on if needed. But I don't know if he if he would be, a, I basically, I'd rather drop Gooch than maybe. See, I would imagine. Um... Dejaco starts on the bench on Saturday and he gets like the last well depending on how the game goes probably get the last 20 if we yeah, chase fair. if we if we're chasing the game he might come on earlier um but yeah I, I don't think I think uh, he might be a bit eased in mm-hmm. into the team I mean I could be completely wrong but um I think Johnson might play play this one a, a little safer and just stick to what he knows for this game um and obviously I mean there's no uh conversation about who starts up front it's got to be Stuart. Just, just on Dejaku I think purely I know this sounds a little bit simplistic but I think if he's in the start 11 I think it could really kind of get the crowd going like, I don't know how like match fit he is but imagine how he starts and he kind of gets a ball early on he kind of goes at their full back and wins a couple of corners I just think naturally people are going to be very excited and on the edge of the seats and I think it could help us have a really fast start of the game but it's, having on what sorry go ahead yeah it's because he's like a signing like that We've not had really had a signing like the Jaco since probably like the Premier League era. You know these kind of players that you don't really know anything about, and then when they come on, they're like because it's because there's an element of the unknown about them. You're a bit more excited to see what they're like. Yeah, I yeah. mean, like if we bought some player from I don't know like Colchester or someone <laughs> like that, no one really cares. It's just like we hope you're good, but like exactly it's not really exciting. Whereas if you got like, oh, we've got this lad from like, it's like an expectation to Jack who's yeah. going to be excited, isn't it? He, played, yeah, he yeah. used to play for Bayern Munich or like, he, well, he played two games with Bayern Munich. It's like, this is, and if he's good, then it's like, yeah, I mean, and I, I, he strikes me as a player that if we get, if he starts off well and the crowd get like behind him, he could, he could do really well. He mentioned I mean, that in his interview, didn't he? How much yeah. he wanted to get, how he'd obviously, I mean, I know they all say, oh, I watched the Sunderland, the crowd is always good. I know they always Where's say he from? that. But, <laughs> <laughs> that was a, yeah, it was more Italian. Event, that was terrible. It was Harold's first presser. God. But like, um, yeah, I think he's just, I didn't want to do a comedy German accent just in case. No, you yeah, just did a comedy <laughs> wrong accent. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I just think that he actually, you could see, 
he, I think, I, I believe him when he says that. I think he is the type of player who will want to get people off their feet and, you know, get bums off seats. And like Mickey said, if he, go, if he, if he starts and, and, you know, skins the fullback a couple of times in the first 10 minutes and whips a couple of balls in, that could work. But like you say, Tom, equally, it might be better to bring him on and let him do that. And maybe yeah. if there's less pressure on him, say we're already, you know, fingers crossed, we're, we're winning the game, he can come on and be you know, get get another assist or get a, get a second or third goal for us. And that yeah. might be the best way to ease him in. Um, Some tired just legs as well. I think, I think reading between the lines, just quickly to touch back on his interview, I think he, I think he maybe has had a bit of a, a, a weird relationship in terms of consistency in his career so far. So I think maybe it might be better to be cautious with him just because you don't want him to react badly to a poor start. And then it yeah. kind of, set the tone for him because I think he might be a bit of a confident, you know, a bit like a Barini type, bit of a confidence player where it's, if you catch them at the right time, they're class, but if it goes badly, then it might take a while for him to, and I'm not saying he's going to be like that, but I think there is a bit of a risk that he may be. So like mm-hmm. you say, maybe, maybe caution's better with the jacket. Um, yeah. I mean, any, any other thoughts on the team on Saturday or are we, we got to wrap this little bit up before we move on to some exciting Twitter questions. Let's move on to the exciting Twitter questions. Okay, the exciting Twitter questions. Okay, uh, well, do you want uh, do you want a boring one or do you want a funny one? Surprise me. Surprise you. Okay, okay. Well, we'll go with the uh, we'll go with the tappings first. Um, is it ex- hazy uh, at SESC? No one any asks. Is it acceptable to eat a pink slice with a cold beer on a day like today, Jim? Yes. yes. I've not actually had a pink slice since I was a child. I've never had one. I seem to remember there. I'm not, no, actually, I don't know if cake and beer goes well. Some people like it, some people no. don't. I oh, probably wouldn't have one, but I would say it's acceptable if you do like cake and beer. Confectionery does, doesn't go with beer. Yeah. I think, I yeah, I, I agree. You shouldn't You shouldn't be eating... First of all, you shouldn't be eating, like, I don't know, cake in the sun. I don't know. It's, it just seems weird to me. The icing melt. Yeah, the icing would melt. Um, so uh, Cam Hawkins asks any chance of a free agent to shore up the squad I mean I don't really understand what he means by shore up the squad he says wisdom perhaps I assume he means Andre wisdom well I mean if 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 there's somebody available who we think can add something I don't I'm not saying the squad's the finished article necessarily it may prove to be it may not be but in terms of do we need a free agent I, th- I don't think we need any more bodies no. in, unless it, unless we identify a, a severe weakness in a few games' time. So potentially in the between now and January, potentially yes, but not right now for me. No, I just don't need one. I mean, because Callum McFadden's got a club now, so we don't even need him. <laughs> He'd be the only one I'd have. <laughs> um, Ian Carsas, I think this was uh, especially because I'm doing the pod. If your favourite uh, episode of The Simpsons isn't the monorail episode, what is it? Well, I'll tell you, Ian Cass. It's actually Marge and the Lamb because you've got three excellent storylines going on at once there of Homer and uh, Chief Wiggum in this kind of Thelma and Louise chase. You have uh, Lionel Hutz as the babysitter. And it's just like, what more can you want? And you also got right at the beginning, Homer thinking the ballet is like a little car with a bear in it. I mean... I'm sorry, Ian Cass. I mean, the monorail, I will give you the your due. The monorail episode is a very good episode. But for me, personally, Marge on the, the Lamb is the best Simpsons episode. Uh, anyone else want to uh, jump in on why Ian uh, the, Cass is uh, the, right or I wrong? I don't, uh, I don't know the name of it, but the, the swimming pool episode is definitely a favourite of mine. 
uh, oh. where Millwall signs the cast Millpool. Millpool, uh, yeah. Bar, yeah. Bar After Darkness. Bar After Darkness, that's the one. That's a good one. Um, yeah. And uh, Mickey. Mickey. So, so you're gonna hear there's like The Simpsons is one of them programs I've seen like more clips of it and memes than I have the actual program itself. You are pathetic. I know, but I, <laughs> I, I don't know why. But like as a child, like I just was never really on my radar The Simpsons, and I mean it's funny enough, but I couldn't even name you a specific episode or anything. I can name you like funny clips and like the memes and all that, but. So well, my opinion, my opinion here is worthless as it is for the rest of the podcast. <laughs> so. <laughs> Well, you've revealed something to you, to us. Every, you've revealed something about yourself, Mickey, that I never even knew, and I don't know if I can really continue this podcast. Um, but we will because I'm a, prof- I'm a professional, and we will do this to the end. Um, well, after that bombshell, I think all <laughs> is left is to um, ask for some predictions. Jim, are we finally going to beat Accrington Stanley at home on Saturday? Yes. I think we will beat them 2 0. We um, haven't had a clean well, we are mostly have one clean sheet so far. We we've deserved we deserved a clean sheet against Wickham, even though we didn't get it in my opinion. So I think we will have a first clean sheet for Mr. Hoffman and we'll win two 0 And who's gonna score? I think it's gonna be Ross Stewart with a brace. Lovely. Michael. I'm going four one. Why? <laughs> now we're talking. <laughs> uh, I think um what's gonna happen, we're gonna go Turn them up, and then they're going to get a goal back on about the like sixty seventh minute, and everyone's going to like go into panic <laughs> mode. And then we're going to, but then we're just going to come back, catch him on the brace, and Dejaco is going to wrap it up. He's going to get the fourth off the bench. But I think Stewart's going to get one. I think we're going to see another rake F from Winchester. Yes. And I'm and I'm going to go for Dan Neil to get his first league goal for us. That is a. If anyone's putting on uh, a bet, that is a very specific bet there that uh, Mickey Loff has just dished out to you. <laughs> uh, an Accrington goal on the sixty seventh minute. I mean, I love how I said around the sixty seventh as well. Like not, not around yeah. the sixty seventh, yeah. <laughs> just around the sixty seventh. I I think I also think we'll win. Um, I think I'll join you on two uh, 0 Jim. I think uh, yeah. McGeady's going to be back in the goals, maybe from the yeah. spot. And I'll give Embleton another goal because be I he, really he deserves it. one. Yeah, he was. He was. Class, oh, he's got the power to do that, have you? He just assigned goals to players. Yeah, because we're top of the league now. That's what we can do. Um, and then we'll. I think we'll be a nice, healthy three points clear again at the the top of the league on uh, Saturday. Um, they should be a reaction show on Saturday after the game. Uh, Matthew's probably back from his sojourn in Malta, talking about Princess Diana or something, whatever he's doing nowadays. Um, and then Monday, the uh, the dads are back talking about the Accrington game. Uh, before we go, Rich has been uh, pestering me to promote. We have a, a newsletter, which you can sign up to on the website. And there's also some excellent content on the website. So you should go and read all that. If you'd like to hear, if you'd like to see this, but in like word form, so, and it's also a bit more coherent of what I'm just saying now. So, anyway, so let's hope for um, three points on Saturday. Stay top of the league and uh, thanks for listening. Yeah.